again. <laughs> God is good, and His love for us reaches to the heavens. Amen? Amen. Well, last week we began our new series talking about the God who cares for us. And God cares for us, doesn't He, Pat? We have an amazing God. It's so good to see you here, Pat. <laughs> we have a God who cares for us, who loves us, even though we're all different, even though we're all a little bit wacky, we're all a little bit weird, God still loves us unbelievably with that reckless, <laughs> seemingly almost crazy love. As we talked about the prodigal son, we talked about how it could also be called the prodigal God who had that reckless, amazing love for his son that wasted so much. This morning, we're going to continue to talk about the God who cares for us, but I want us to have a look at a couple of passages in particular. If you want to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, we're going to read two particular passages this morning and, and talk about them. Thank you, Lord. Colossians chapter 3 follows Colossians chapter 2. Well done. It's good, you're back at school this week. It's, the brain goes a bit fuzzy on holidays, but two comes before three. Uh, Colossians chapter two talks all about the freedom that we have in Christ, that as, as, as people have been set free by the love and grace of God, he talks about how we shouldn't um, feel condemned about people who think we should celebrate certain days or eat certain foods or do certain things. He says, you are free and free indeed. You are free in Christ because Christ has set you free by the blood of, his, of Jesus. You are washed clean of your sin and you are free. And then we come to Colossians chapter 3. You're right. And let's read from verse 1 of Colossians chapter 3. It says, since you have been raised... So he's talking to those that he's said, you have become free in Christ since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Just to go back for a second, since you have been set free in Christ, the blood of Jesus has washed you clean. Since you know this, since this is your reality, that you, you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your thoughts on the things of heaven. Think, set your thoughts on the, the truth that Jesus has established, that it is finished, that it is complete, that Jesus has done it all. You might feel like you're struggling, but Jesus has made you perfect. You might feel like a sinner, but Jesus has made you a saint. We can set our sights on the realities of heaven. We don't need to look at the things of this earth to establish what is true. We can read God's word, which is true, and declare it. We can focus on those things, and not just the things of this earth and the situations we face. For we've died to this life. Our real life is in Him. He says in verse 5, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. If, if we're greedy for pleasure, for praise, for 
the desire to impress people for things, if, if we're greedy for those things, if we're trying to find life and hope in things, whether it be praise or, or physical things, then we're making those things our God. And, and it's idolatry to God to be greedy for things, for, for people's praise, for people's whatever it might be. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Are we putting our hope in the things of this world or in Jesus and what he has done for us? He goes on, verse 6. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. We don't need to lie. We don't need to, to pretend. We don't need to make up what is true. We can be humble before God. We can be humble before one another. We can admit our faults. Because our trust is in Jesus. It's not in what people think of us. It's not in what people think we are like. We can be honest before God because He's a God who cares for us, who has done it all for us upon the cross. Verse 11, he says, In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, a baker, a... Whatever you are, Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us. Can you say that? Christ lives in me. Oh, that was really like teachers, student-like. That was like, I just mean, can you say that? Is it, is it true for you? Do you know Christ lives in you? Because that is all that matters. If you know that Christ has set you free, that you are a new creation in Christ, that is all that matters. Things might happen in this life, but that is all that matters. Verse 12, since God chose you, He chose you. Did you know that? You didn't choose Him, He chose you. How amazing is that, that God who created everything thought of you and chose you. He chose you to be holy, to be the holy people He loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Does anyone know someone with some faults? But we make allowances for those things. George knows someone? No? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. We all have faults, but let's forgive one another. Let's make allowances for each other's faults. It says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. If we don't hold anything against anyone, if we focus on the realities of heaven, the peace of Christ will rule our hearts and joy will come in the morning. Joy will come in the evening. We will have the peace of Christ as we trust in him. Sorry, I thought we were finished. No. And always be thankful. 
Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. He gives, not the latest blog you read. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Think about the realities of heaven. Jesus is risen. Jesus has conquered sin and death. He says the Lord forgave you. God chose you. Christ is our real life. Our sin has been dealt with. We have a God who loves us, who cares for us. So much more than we can ever understand. This is the reality of heaven. He says, think about these things. He says, don't be greedy. Think about what is your hope in. Don't live for praise, for for pleasure, for, for, for wealth, whatever those things might be. Think about the realities of heaven, what Jesus has done for you. And he says, since God... Since God did all of these things for you, since Jesus gave his life for you, clothe yourself with love, with patience, with gentleness, with kindness, humility, compassion, mercy. Verse 13, he says, bear with, one, with each other. He says in NIV translation, bear with each other and forgive one another. Verse 14, love Love which binds us all together. What a beautiful picture that is. Imagine if the world, every person on earth lived this way. What a world we would live in. Just thinking about 1 Corinthians, it talks about the, the, the chapter on love. It's, all, it's in between all the verses about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the way that we can serve one another, the things we can do for one another. But then he says you can do all these things. You can do the most amazing, wonderful things. But if love isn't at the heart of what you're doing, it is just like a loud gonging, gong or a clanging cymbal and it's painful to the ears. If love isn't at the centre of what we're doing, then the rest is meaningless. Let's, let's seek the gifts, let's use our gifts, but let's most of all... Make sure that love is at the heart of everything we do. Since God so loved us, since God forgave us, since God so cares for us, let's clothe ourselves with love. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 gives us a, a, a foundation of, of why this is so important. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image. In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You know, God created humanity in his own image. And every person on this earth, God has created them and he loves them. And I think one of the, 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 the saddest things in God's heart is when he sees the way that we treat one another. And I'm not talking about us specifically, but as people, as humanity. 
The way we, we war against each other, the way we criticise each other, the way we talk about one another, I believe it breaks God's heart to see the humanity that he made in his own image. As I thought about this, as I was preparing, I, I, I was almost brought to tears thinking about the pain that must come to God's heart, the way people look at each other with hatred, with, with envy, with how could we ever criticise or pull down or speak against another person that God has created and loves? He created us in his image and he loves. He cares about that person. He cares about your neighbour. He cares about that person down the street. He cares about those people. God, give us your heart for people, the people that he has created in his own image. I want to turn across to Matthew 25, and if you want to turn there in your Bibles, it's, I just want to read another passage from Matthew 25 this morning. We have a God who cares for us. And this is what it says in Matthew 25, verse 31 to 46. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is Jesus speaking, it says, and the angels with him then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now this passage challenges me. This passage makes me think. Because we read it and, and I think about other passages we read. We read Romans 10 and it says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We, we look at Acts and it says on the day of Pentecost that they said, Peter, what should we do? And he said, brothers, sisters, turn from your sins, repent and believe and be baptised and you will be saved. Philippians 3 talks about everything 
from start to finish depends on faith. And here we see Jesus saying, it's almost like he says, help other people and you'll be saved. It sounds like. It's almost like, it sounds like Jesus is shifting the goalposts. It's like you're about to start a season of footy and they change the rules and everyone protests and says, what? I don't understand. I didn't really hear much about that, but apparently they weren't happy. Sorry. Maybe no one knows anything about that either. Okay. We need to think about what Scripture says in light of other Scriptures. We can't listen to one passage and say, oh, okay, this is what it means. We need to let Scripture interpret Scripture. We need to understand what God is saying through what God is saying in other passages. All of Scripture is in unity. All of Scripture points to the same message and it never contradicts itself. So let's think about what Jesus is saying in the context of what we've just read in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 says, Since you have been raised to new life, think about the realities of heaven. Don't be greedy. Clothe yourself with love. That's my really short paraphrase. He's saying, since you've been raised to new life, since you know Jesus is your saviour, that you've been forgiven by God, think about these things. Don't be greedy. Clothe yourself with love and love one another. Show God's love to people. Then we read in Matthew, Jesus is talking about, in the previous parts of the book of Matthew, he's talking about the great feast of heaven that all are invited. That will go out in the highways and the byways and all will be called to come into the great feast of heaven but many will refuse to come. He's talking about the great commandment of loving God and loving others. He talks about the the challenges of the religious leaders who try and do all the right things, but it's all done with a heart of pride and selfishness and greed. And Jesus says in in chapter 24, in the last days, the sins of many, sins will be rampant everywhere, but the love of many will grow cold. And then we read about Jesus saying, feed the, the hungry, give, give, give water to the, to the thirsty. Jesus isn't giving us a formula of saying, feed people, give them a drink, give them somewhere to stay, visit those in prison, and you can tick all the boxes and cha-ching, you're coming to heaven. He's not giving us some magical formula or checklist to say, Start a homeless shelter and, man, you're on the money. You're going to get the good place in heaven. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus is talking to those who are following him. He's he's talking to those who are beginning to grasp what God is doing, what he's done. It's almost like Jesus is saying, this is what it will be like for those of you who know me, those of you who love me. This is what it will be like. Those who know my love will share it with others. He's saying, guys, those who who understand who I am, those who understand what I am doing for you upon the cross, those who put their faith and trust in me, they're going to be filled with joy and they're going to share this love with other people. They, they, they can't contain what God is going to do in their hearts. They're going to understand my love and they're going to share it with others because it's so amazing. They won't be able to help themselves but share it with others. If we look at 
We could look at so many different passages. The woman at the well, the, the blind man, the cripple, the lame. So many that Jesus healed or, or, or said, your sins are forgiven. They went away and told the whole city. They, they went away. They, they, were, they were ashamed of who they were previously. But then they go into town and say, Jesus has set me free. Jesus knows everything about me. He healed me. Even when he tells them, shh, don't tell anyone. It's like they run off and say, Jesus did it! They can't contain it because they've discovered the love of God through Jesus. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is what it will be like. Those who know my love will share it with others. It's like Jesus is giving them a little bit of a spiritual heart check. He's saying, guys, how's your heart? You've been asking God to send fire down from heaven and burning it up lately, guys? Jesus knows the hearts of his disciples. He knows that one's going to betray him, that they're all going to run off and leave him. And he says, guys, will you feed the hungry? Will you, will you give a drink to those who need a drink? Will you clothe the naked? Will you love people as I love them? How's your heart, my disciples, he's saying. They don't do it to impress people. They don't do it to look good. They don't do it to get brownie points with God or anyone else. Those who know God's love, those who have their faith and their trust in Him, will share it with others. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, just to read it again, says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness. You know, we could just focus on the gospel every day and if we did we would be filled with joy and love and peace let the message about christ in all its richness the richness of knowing who we are of knowing that we have been set free the richness of knowing that we're new creations let the message about christ in all its richness fill your lives teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives now, I had this thought a little while ago that we should, call, we should change how we talk about things and we shouldn't talk about pastoral care, we should talk about people care. Because God's called us all to teach and counsel and care for one another. The, the role of the pastor, apostle, evangelist, teacher is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to do the people care, to equip the saints to, 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 to shepherd one another, to care for one another, to teach and counsel each other. How's your teaching and counselling ministry going? Let the message about Christ fill your lives so we're always ready to, to encourage one another. That when someone has a, a, a problem or a challenge that we're quick to, to turn to God in prayer and to, to say, God, how can I help in this situation? God, what do you want to do in this situation? Let's, let's pray together. Let the message about Christ Fill your lives. Let's teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, wherever you work, wherever you go, whatever you, you do in this life, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. You know, where, God, where you are right now in this life, is where God has placed you, where God has allowed you to be, is where God wants to use you and where God wants to move 
through you in this life. And whatever you do, whatever you say, God wants to use you as his representative of his love to show the care of God. That people might say, why are you doing this for me? And you can say then, well, because God loves me and I love you too. I think we need to be quick to, to look for opportunities to speak out. And sometimes I think it's good if we say, you know, I feel like this might be true for you and, and, and share what maybe God's putting on your heart. And then if they say, wow, yeah, you can say, well, actually, that was God. Don't, don't blame God if you get it wrong in the first place. Like, let's give praise to God in whatever situation we're in. Whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ask the band to come. I'll read one last passage from Jeremiah 17. It says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. Wow, there is a bleak picture right there. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land where nothing grows. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat even if it's hot, they're not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Blessed are those who, who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Is your hope and confidence in the Lord today? Is your hope and trust in the love of God today? This morning, if your hope and trust has been in anything but that, this morning, let's surrender and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to live for your glory. God, I'm sorry for looking to other things when I know you are my hope, you are my strength. And let's soak up the spirit of, of life that comes from him this morning. I'm going to ask the band to, to lead us in this song. And can we stand this morning and let's, let's surrender again this morning and say, God, I want to live for you. The words of this song say, Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. You know, covenants these days, people sort of think they're like just a thing you have for a time. But a covenant to God is something that is unbreakable. And God's love is devoted. He says, your love is enduring through the winter rain. Your love is enduring beyond the horizon. Your love is enduring with mercy for today. Faithful you have been and faithful you will be. And it's why I sing, your praise will ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips. This morning, let's... Let's make this a prayer, reminding ourselves of who God is, thanking Him for who He is, and saying, God, let my lips be filled with Your praise. Let my heart be filled with praise and thanks and the love of You, God. Let's surrender. Let's respond to Him right now.